This is Pressed, a podcast about democracy and the media. I'm your host, Mary Quintus. We've been asking visitors to the Public's Radio and the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities websites to tell us what they wanted to hear about on this podcast. And the majority of the responses have been about one topic in particular. How many people have heard the term fake news? Okay, good. Nobody's been living under a rock. That's Kristen Hayes-Leet, Rhode Island's 2018 Teacher of the Year, teaching a ninth-grade social studies class at Narragansett High School. On the day we visited her class, Kristen was teaching students how to evaluate the legitimacy of online sources. I think it's one of the most important skills for citizens um, in our democracy, particularly in light of the fact that we have outside actors and people within society who absolutely are trying to create more division, trying to separate us. So students really have to be savvy and citizens in general have to be on the lookout for that. So in this episode of Pressed, we'll be flies on the wall of Kristen's classroom as her students learn to spot misinformation. Maybe this lesson will help us to become more discerning media consumers too. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is screens down. So your eyes are on me, and I know you're listening, Ethan. Thank you. Okay, so here's a story. The article Kristen is about to read to the class is from August 2017, after the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Breaking, Rosa Parks' daughter praises Trump's response to Charlottesville. Take that, liberals. The author is David Tango Foxtrot. Okay? And here's the story. Liberals love to call President Trump a racist, but you know who doesn't think that? The daughter of legendary civil rights activist Rosa Parks. Trump, who stood side by side with Rosa Parks while she was still alive and received praise for his work improving the community for black youth, recently condemned the violence on many sides. Muriel Parks Rosenberg stepped in on Friday to drop a truth bomb on liberals. President Trump's reaction has been criticized by the left, but I don't see what he did wrong, she said in a speech at the Kennedy Center. My mother would have been proud of the president's words, she told the crowd of about 500 people. Liberals who seek to use this rally to further their cause and attack President Trump need to go away and never come back to me. Donald Trump is a modern civil rights icon, she says. So let's evaluate. Are there any red flags here? Immediately, I see take that liberals, and that shows immediate bias to me. Okay, so we see clear bias right there in the headline. What else? Anything from this poster? For guidance, Kristen refers the students to a poster on the wall about how to spot fake news. Check the author. Check your biases. Consider if your own beliefs could affect your judgment in evaluating this article. Are there any supporting sources? Can you read beyond? Um, something about David Tango Foxtrot just raises a red flag for me. <laughs> okay. It's a bit unreliable. Okay, so have you ever heard those words, Tango Foxtrot? They're yeah. military terms. Yeah, they are military terms, right? So that when you're communicating over radio, you're not confusing a D with a B or whatever, right? And it turns out that the absurdity of the author's name is a clue to the article's origins. It's actually from a satirical source called ourlandofthefree.com, a now-defunct website that satirized extreme right-wing fake news. 
But while satire is meant to enlighten rather than to deceive, this article ended up serving the same function as the very thing it was mocking. Because it was shared on social media by people who, at least in some cases, thought it was a real news story. And there's a lot of information in this article that can be disproven with some pretty minimal fact-checking, including this. Rosa Parks didn't have any children. So why would anyone believe this? When Kristen asks the class what kind of people they think are most vulnerable to believing fake news, a student named Harry responds, People who are for the political agenda it's pushing. It's just reinforcing the beliefs that people already have that might be irrational or making it worse and worse. I think Harry's assessment makes a lot of sense, especially with clickbait headlines that include phrases like, Take that, liberals. But what about something that seeks to give the impression of neutrality? I wonder if content that takes a slightly more subtle approach is actually meant to persuade people, in addition to reinforcing existing beliefs. Like the website for the American College of Pediatricians, which the class is about to evaluate. So pretend you're researching children's health and you come across this website. You are deciding if it is a trustworthy source of information on children's health. The students break off into pairs to assess the site, and then the class reconvenes to share their conclusions. So first of all, give me a thumbs up if you think this is a reliable website to use if you are researching children's health. Okay, got a few. How about unsure? Okay. How about no way? Okay. So we're all over the place in this room, all right? We're all over the place. So now I'm going to ask you... What do you think? The website for the American College of Pediatricians looks like a lot of other healthcare websites. A blue and white color scheme, which, interestingly, a lot of medical websites use, and racially diverse photos of smiling children, families, and doctors. The first paragraph on their homepage says, The American College of Pediatricians is a national organization dedicated to the health and well-being of children. The college produces sound policy based upon the best available research to assist parents and to influence society in the endeavor of child-rearing. As a student named Jack points out, the site includes recommendations such as... Teach good sleep habits. Yep. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, things that are pretty common parenting yeah. messages. But Jack noticed another message too. I forget where it was, but me and Jaden found a few things that said like, uh, what it was uh, homosexual couples not the best for children. In case you couldn't quite hear Jack there, he said he and his classmate Jaden came across a few things that said, a homosexual couple is not the best for children. They saw this message a few times, but Jack had trouble finding any examples of it during the class discussion. And some of the students didn't notice the message at all. And maybe that's because the assertion that being raised by same-sex couples is harmful to children is dispersed among those common parenting messages Jack mentioned. Along with recommendations to model an active lifestyle and turn off the TV during dinner time, there are statements like this. There is sound evidence that children exposed to the homosexual lifestyle may be at increased risk for emotional, mental, and even physical harm. Go ahead, Ethan. And if you go out of the website and actually search up the American College of Pediatricians, one of like, the first things that come up, it says, the American College of Pediatricians is a fringe anti-LGBT hate group. Wow, and what's the source of that? Southern but Poverty what? Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a well-established institution that researches hate crimes, hate speech across the country. 
The Southern Poverty Law Center says the American College of Pediatricians, quote, masquerades as the premier U.S. Association of Pediatricians to push anti-LGBT junk science primarily via far-right conservative media and filing amicus briefs in cases related to gay adoption and marriage equality. At the beginning of class, Kristen said that when evaluating online content, we should consider... Are there any supporting sources? Can you read beyond? And sometimes that reading beyond part is really important. The American College of Pediatricians, which goes by AC PEDS for short, insists that their claims are based on the best available science, and they cite several medical studies on their website. So if you're just looking for the existence of citations, you might assume this group's claims are based on sound evidence. But a number of people whose work the group cites have spoken out against AC PEDS for mischaracterizing their findings. And the Southern Poverty Law Center notes that AC PEDS promotes these mischaracterized findings through the media. The AC PEDS website includes links to media that their members have appeared in or that the organization has been mentioned in. Some of these are actually from outlets that criticize the group, but from what I saw, the majority of content presents AC PEDS as an authority on pediatric health. And maybe that's because, as the Southern Poverty Law Center says, the group masquerades as the premier U.S. Association of Pediatricians by using a name similar to the actual premier U.S. Association of Pediatricians. The Organization of American Pediatricians is called the American Academy of Pediatricians. This is the American College of Pediatricians. This has about 500 members. The American Academy of Pediatricians has about 60,000 members as pediatricians. Do you think this was purposeful? Yeah. The naming of, yeah. yeah, maybe to confuse people, because if you're looking for information, you might end up on this site. In a 2016 study conducted at Stanford University, researchers asked students to assess the trustworthiness of the websites of the American Academy of Pediatricians versus the American College of Pediatricians. And more than half of the students rated AC PEDS as the more reliable source. Unlike Ethan, the student in Kristen's class who found that the Southern Poverty Law Center classifies AC PEDS as a hate group, most of the students in the Stanford study didn't do any research outside of the group sites. In an article on the PBS NewsHour website, the lead author of the study, Sam Weinberg, wrote, Ironically, many students learned so little because they spent most of their time reading the articles on each organization's site. Dropped in the middle of a forest, hikers know they can't divine their way out by looking at the ground. They use a compass. And the compass that people should use, Weinberg says, is, quote, the vast resources of the Internet to determine where information is coming from. So, while the internet can deceive us, it can also help us from being deceived. As long as we... Dig a little deeper, right? And that's a lesson, right? That's a lesson for today. Don't believe everything you see on the internets. And be wise and wary. So we've reached the end of the class. And the end of the final episode of Pressed. I hope this podcast has provided some food for thought about the media and political landscapes we're in how we might navigate them better or even change them. With that in mind, I think that last piece of advice from Kristen bears repeating slash paraphrasing. Don't believe everything you see on the internets or on TV or that you hear on the radio or on a podcast. Dig a little deeper and be wise and wary. 
thanks to Kristen Hayes-Leet and her students. Thanks to Talia Blake for recording the class and conducting this episode's interview. And thanks to Mike Stanton for helping set up our visit. Press was produced by me, Mary Quintus, the Rhode Island Council for the Humanities, and the Public's Radio. This podcast is part of the Democracy in the Informed Citizen Initiative. Administered by the Federation of State Humanities Councils, the initiative seeks to deepen the public's knowledge and appreciation of the vital connections between democracy, the humanities, and journalism. Thanks to the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation for their generous support of this initiative and the Pulitzer Prizes for their partnership.